Good morning, the Quest Catholic Radio. We are in day one of our pledge drive, and we are welcoming our next guest. And it is a pre-recorded interview in this case, and so we're welcoming Father Tree. He is the vocation director for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Yeah, welcome. We are so glad to have you here. You know, we know that all good things begin with prayer, Father. So would you start this next segment of the Pledge Drive with a prayer? Sure. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord our God, we thank you for the so many gifts that you have given us. The gift of life, the gift of our faith and our church. The gift of the so many human achievements, communications, technology that you have given us so that we can continue to spread the good news in our life, in our world. Bless us, guide us in everything that we do so that all we do, we do it for your glory. And we ask all of this to Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 All right. So just so that we can kind of set the stage and get everything going, I want to give out the number again for people to call in and make a pledge because we can only have great priests like Father Tree on the air if we have the airwaves to do that. So we need your help. Give us a call. 678-688-4549. Come on. Let's get the phone lines ringing. Give us a call. 678 688 Four five four nine. Again, we are talking with Father Tree. He is the vocation director for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Father, you know, it seems like most times when I do a pledge drive, we have a lot of wonderful priests on who share their vocation story, and we have every so often a young man that calls in and says that he's more seriously considering his priesthood because of what he's heard on the air. So I'd like to start with your vocation story. Could you share a little bit about how you are sitting across from us on the air in Atlanta and Mm -hmm. talking about being a vocation director for the Archdiocese of Atlanta? How did you get to that point? Well, I have been a priest for six years. But I was in formation for the priesthood for about 10 years. Wow. Yes, it takes that long. Mm-hmm. It takes that long for us to be formed a priest. But it's necessary to, to, to have such long time for formation because you know how important that is. My vocation story started when I um, was still a high school student in Vietnam. I was born in Vietnam, and I didn't come to the United States until I was 19 and uh, my parish was run by uh, the Franciscans, priests and brothers, and they instill a lot of um, uh, vocation thoughts. And by vocation, I, I don't only mean priesthood vocation, but the sense of discipleship, you know, serving Christ through our brothers and sisters through the church. So as a young man, I was very inspired by that through the work of the Franciscans there. And then they took me to this discernment program run by the Salesian St. John Bosco in Vietnam for high school students. So I continued with that when I came to the United States. So I actually joined the formation of the Salesian of St. John Bosco. Uh, that was 1996 in New Jersey, New York. And I was in California for a year for the novitiate. Uh, but I discontinued with that formation when I finished the, uh, the practical training. That was one of the that is one of the stages of the formation, and then eventually I joined the Archdiocese of Atlanta. It is because uh, my family lives here, um, so I began my vocation story with the Archdiocese of Atlanta in 1998. Even though I had been around for a while, and uh, I was ordained in 2012. Um, before this point, I was a parochial vicar uh, at Saint Peter Chanel in Roswell and uh, St. Bridget in Johns Creek. And just this June, uh, the Archbishop appointed me to be the vocation director for the Archdiocese. Excellent. And That's my vocation story in a nutshell. In a nutshell. So, so I'm, I'm not exactly sure. How did you go from Vietnam to the United States? What actually brought you and your family over here? Yes. Um, we, we heard that the uh, involvement of um, American troops in the Vietnam War Mm-hmm. And then, so my father uh, was a uh, was involved in that war too, uh, on the south side, you know, the South Vietnam government. 
And, you know, it's a long story, but you know, to cut it short, because of that, um, he was put in political prison by the Vietnam, Vietnamese government mm. for years. And then the U.S. government has a program to sponsor those people and their families. So my family came over through that program in 1993. Excellent. And we're, we're thankful for that. So, so thank you. We're, we're glad that you're here. When you were appointed the vocation director, the archbishop commended you for your role in ministering to young people. You have a, a love for ministering to young people. And Archbishop Gregory stated that you have always exhibited a special love for the formation of young people and in assisting them in their vocational discernment. So there's probably some young people listening right now. What would you like to say to them about the priesthood or about anything in general? Yes, the priesthood is a very special gift of our Lord. Out of His love, He wants to create it, establish that priesthood so that He can continue to be present in our church, in our world, in a very concrete way. Um, it's, so it's a very beautiful gift. But this is the thing, this is not the only vocation. All vocations is built on discipleship, the desire to be like Christ in our very life. So some people are called to be priests, but all people are called to serve others as a Christ in this world today. So I would say that if our young people begin to think about what to do in this life, I think they should first think and pray for that desire to follow God's will in their life, to have that desire to serve the Lord to serve his people through his church. So that is the foundation. We hear the saying before that, um, that before we become an apostle, we have to be a disciple. We have to follow Christ. We have to have that desire to follow him, to serve him. And then we will begin to hear what God wants us to do in his life. So again, pray for that desire. Pray for that love. Pray for that desire to serve the Lord serve people, and then we will hear the actual call of what God wants us to do in this life. Excellent. And, and so they, if they are feeling the call as they pray, as they, they follow what you're telling them to do here, and, and they feel like they are being called to the priesthood or to religious life for, for the women who are listening, what would their next step be? The next step is always, well, the first step is always pray. Right? We talked about that. But the next step is to be involved, to be involved in the sacramental life, to be involved in the church life. You know, if you are uh, at home, get involved in the parish life. If you're in college, get involved in the Catholic center or a student center or whatever you call that in your college. If you are somewhere, get involved in the community. You know how, how important a community life is. Uh, Jesus himself formed a community. Uh, so he wants to spread the, the good news that way. So we have to be involved in the community. And it is very important, too, that you talk to an experienced guide, be it a priest, a sister, be it a vocation director, be it the, you know, if you're a young person, youth minister, anybody that you think can help you, can guide you, um, to discern the vocations in your life. Now, if they don't know anything about vocation, they, they can always point you to the right person. So talk to someone who has experience in faith. Excellent advice. All right, I'm going to give out the phone number again because we'd really love to get some phone calls coming in. We love having our wonderful priests on the air. We can do that with your help. When you call in and you make a pledge, it allows us to have the airwaves to let the Holy Spirit work through the airwaves and touch people's hearts. So the number to call is 678-688-4549. Again, I'm going to say that slowly. Pick up your phone and dial it with me. 678-688-4549. You are listening to The Quest. We are doing a pledge drive. We are trying to raise the necessary funds in order to keep Catholic Radio strong here in Atlanta. We need your help. Please give us a call, 
888-488-4549 with a pledge of any amount. If you can call in as a sustaining member, then which is $20 per month or more, then we will give you beautiful pla- or beautiful prints of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. If you call in at $100 a month for three years, then we will sign you up as a founder of the Quest, and we'll give you a plaque for your own home. We'll give you a plaque for your business. You can even make someone a founder of Catholic Radio and give it to them as a gift for the parents, for your parents who you don't know what to give to. You can make them a founder of Catholic Radio. You get a plaque for your home. You get your name at the plaque at the side of the tower. Forever you get bragging rights that you are a founding member of Catholic Radio. You can even put it in your obituary someday. But whatever level that you can call in at, whether that's a one-time $10 pledge, a one-time $100 pledge, $100 a month, whatever it is, just pick up the phone right now and give us a call, 678-688-4549. Again, we're talking with Father Tree. He is the vocation director of the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and we are grateful to have him here talking about vocations. Father, you talked about vocations, and... Often whenever someone says, oh, you have a vocation, the first thing that that we think about is the priesthood. But you were talking about all of the different vocations. And I'm going to read a little bit from your farewell letter to the people of St. Bridget's Catholic Church. And whenever you wrote the farewell letter, you referred to people of all different vocations. And you, you said... Your, your comment, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm reading my notes here. Your comment indi- indicates that the parishioners have vocations too, and their faithfulness to the vocation depends on our own faithfulness to the vocation. So can you share with us a little bit about the different vocations besides the priesthood and how the two work together and complement each other? Yes. Um, in our Catholic tradition, um, following the teaching of the gospel of Christ, all people, all people are called to be holy. Because the term that is used a lot during the Second Vatican Council, the universal call for holiness belongs to everybody. And that call is expressed in different ways. Obviously, you see a lot that priests, religious, their sisters and monks and brothers, but also, the Second Vatican Council reaffirms what has been taught for a long time since the beginning of our Christianity, that marriage life. So nowadays when we talk about vocations, for the sake of uh, uh, easy discussion, we tend to categorize them into four kinds of vocation. The first one is priesthood vocation, and then the vocation to consecrated life or religious life. That could be a sister, a nun. It could be a religious brother, a friar, like a Dominican or Franciscan, for example. And then the third kind is of marriage life. And then the fourth kind is of single life. Now, single life, I have to say something. Single here doesn't mean at the stage of celibate but really that be involved in the church, in the active ministry of the church, but live in a single state of life, not married. So there you go. It could be any vocations as long as any ways of life, as long as you are serving for that the Lord through the church, toward that aim of call to be holy according to the values of the gospel. And, you know, in your farewell letter, you mentioned that the people's faith strengthened your faith. And I would, yes. oft, I would venture to say that the parishioners at St. Bridget's said that, that your faith strengthened them. So can we talk a little bit about how we complement each other and how we as lay people can support you or our parish priest? Most certainly. Well, first of all, I, I share that, and I meant... Uh, exactly what I said, because in my experience as a priest, uh, I was ordained in 2012, and by that time I was 30-some years old. Now, being ordained doesn't mean that you knew everything about the priesthood already. 
But in my own experience as a priest for the two parishes, St. Peter Chanel and then St. Bridget, when you are being faithful to your own vocation, and for me personally, for example, if I keep showing up on time for Mass, for confession, for personal counseling, to be present at all meetings and functions of the Church, visiting families, visiting sick, visiting hospitals, if you are being faithful to those things, God begins to speak through the people that you minister to. The, the, a couple of special experiences of my priestly ministry that helped me so much growing in my own faith is visiting the sick and hearing confession. As you know, these two parishes, St. Peter Chanel, Roswell, and St. Bridget in Johns Creek, are huge, almost like mega churches, in a very uh, highly populated Catholic areas of the uh, city of Atlanta, North Metro Atlanta. Because of that, we have a lot of confession hours. Uh, you're talking about uh, five, six times a week. So by hearing a lot of confessions from different people, and sometimes when you have a relationship with some your parishioners, when they keep coming back to confessions, what you see is that this is the faith of the real people, the people who keep coming back, the people who realize that they are broken, they are weak, they have sinned, but they keep coming back for the grace of God. And these are not just the people who... Uh, know, have nothing else to do in their lives, or you know, some older women who you know who retired and pray the rosary all day long. No, these are the young people. These are the college students. These are the doctors and the CEO of this company and the director of that company. When you see the faith of those people coming in and pour out their heart in front of a priest, not because I am a, a, a someone, not like I'm a smart person or a psychological counselor or anything. No, they come in because of their faith. So when I am faithful in my vocation as a priest, spending time with them, open my heart to listen to them, and to be there with them, to be present with them, they also, being faithful to their vocation as a Christian, as a Catholic, and that, their being faithful, helps me, encourages me to be faithful. That's what I meant by, your faith encourages my faith, but vice versa, my faith can also encourage your faith when we are living true to our vocation. Very good. All right, so it's probably another good break right now to give out the number because we, we would love to have a lot of phone calls. You know, if you can call in and tell Father Tree that you are listening and you are grateful for his priesthood, we will give him that message. This is pre-recorded. He's not live here with us now, but I will make sure that he gets every single message that comes in for him. So if you are from St. Peter. St. Peter Chanel, if you're from St. Bridget's, um, if you're part of, of the diocese anywhere and have been have encountered Father Tree and you would like to call in and say, we love you, Father, then call in right now. If you can make a pledge with that, we would love to have your pledge. But if all you want to do is call in and say, Father, we hear you and we're grateful for you, then call in right now and we'll make sure that he gets all of those messages. The number to call again, 678 688 Four five four nine six eight eight four five four nine. We are talking with Father Tree. He is the vocation director for the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and we are grateful that he is on the air with us today. We've been talking about a lot of things so far, talking about vocations and and how to recognize your call to the priesthood, and also the other vocations of religious of religious life, married life, single life and the priesthood. You know, Father, I think that each of us, in whatever vocation that we're in, we are all called to encourage holiness in everyone, and also to encourage young men to the priesthood, women to the religious. I, I heard somebody say once that that there's not a lack or a shortage of calls to the priesthood, it's just those who are responding to the call. And so can mm-hmm. you speak a little bit about that and how we in the pews, us lay people, how can we encourage vocations in the people around us? Certainly. You are correct. Um, yes, we all have the call, but then, uh, as I said earlier, that there are specific calls, uh, some to be called, some are called to be priests, others are called to be religious. 
to serve the Lord and serve the church in a more special way. I think the best way for us to encourage that vocation, I have a strong belief in family foundation. Family family is is the beginning of everything. Uh, there's a reason why I think we are experiencing some um, uh, shortage of vocation nowadays. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, family life and how faith is encouraged or practiced in a family. So for us to begin to encourage the increase of vocation, I truly believe that it starts from the family, parents especially, on young children. If vocations are not talked about in the family's meals, during family meals, that if throughout the childhood, throughout the years of childhood, the child has never been encountered, on a personal level, get to know the priest, get to know a sister, a monk, a brother, on a personal level, not just like seeing him on the altar, say, celebrating Mass, or seeing a nun in the movies with that veil, but I'm talking about knowing a real person, you know. If we have, if a child doesn't have that kind of experience, then it's more challenging to make that kind of decision of a lifetime of commitment to the priesthood, to religious life. Now, that is also connected to the parish ministries. You know, people usually say that, uh, people usually think, actually, that uh, the, the, the work of encouraging vocation belongs to the vocation directors. You know? mm-hmm. That's why you see priests and sisters traveling around with all of the nice posters, and they tend to have good speaking skills, and they can come in and try to attract young people. Well, that's uh, the, that's the very least that we could do. I think the main work of encouraging vocation belongs to, obviously, parents, but also to the pastors, to the local pastors, to the local ministers of the parishes. So if we have that, build that kind of, that, that encounter, that kind of culture in the parish life, then we have the opportunity to, to instill that, that kind of thought, that kind of encouragement in the young people. Now, if you don't live or if you don't believe along to a parish, then you may belong to another community, like a Catholic center if you're in college, for example. And this is why I mentioned before how important it is to belong to a community. You know, we, we are created in God's image. And God himself is a community in the Holy Trinity. And in everything that he does, he does it through community. So it is very important that we have that community to encourage our vocation. There's no such thing as I'm a loner, even though monks, they live in hermitage. But that sense of community is still very strong in all vocations in our church. Excellent. All right, so I'm going to ask you to, to expand on something that you said just a little bit. So I'm going to ask you the question, and then I'll give out the number while you think about it, and then we'll come back to the, to the answer. Mm-hmm. So my question is, when you talked about how important it is to get to know our priests on a personal level. How, yes. how are you thinking about doing that? And what are some things, again, that, that we can do to, to further know our priests on a personal level? Before we go to that, I want to give out the number again, because it's so important when we do these pledge drives, all of the donations that keep this radio station going come from... <laughs> Our lay people, from the people that are listening, this is a listener-supported radio station. So when we do our pledge drives, it is so important that we we call in and we make a pledge of whatever amount that we can give at that moment. So the number to call is 678-688-4549. Can you be a monthly donor? Can you give? I, I like the dollar dollar a day. You know, if you can give $30 a month, that's a dollar a day for Catholic Radio. And I think most people can come up with a dollar a day. They can figure out how to give up a, a quick trip iced tea or or you can come up with some way to give up a dollar a day. Almost everybody can do that. Can you commit to giving up $1 a day for Catholic Radio? It will go so far in keeping Catholic Radio on the air. Give us a call, 
888-447-4549. If you call in as a monthly donor, as a sustaining donor, then you will get the beautiful Immaculate Heart and Sacred Heart prints. You can't get them anywhere else. I brought them from my home. I want to give them to you by helping us. They're from an 1800s print that came out of Germany. I had the copies made. There, I've never seen them anywhere else. So if you would like a copy of those two prints, they're 8 by 10 size, we will put them in the mail to you if you call in as a monthly donor of any amount. 678-688-4549. All right, so we are talking again with Father Tree. He is the vocation director for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. We are grateful for all of the wisdom that he is sharing with us today. We were talking about how important it is that we get to know our priests on a personal level if we want to encourage vocations in our own family. So let's talk a little bit more about how that actually looks. How do we do that, Father? Yes. Well, first of all, uh, um, getting to know someone is a two-way communication, meaning uh, in this situation the priests and the religious uh, also have to make that effort to reach out to the people but also, we know the difficulties of being busy. Everybody is so busy nowadays. You can imagine uh, for a big parish like St. Peter Chanel, St. Bridget. Uh, St. Bridget has 4,200 families with only two priests, three priests. Mm. And uh, St. Peter Chanel has 4,000 families with only two priests. So it's kind of difficult to, to get to know or ask or expect the fathers to be present with them personally. But we have a way, you know, there are ways to do it uh, if we can uh, work it out. Um, for example, um, invite invite a priest to uh, different social events. You know, when the lay people take initiative to say, invite Father, if you have free time, my, uh, for example, my, my children are having this big celebration on his graduation, her graduation, would you come? Now, many times, uh, don't be too too disappointed if the priest says, wow, I'm so busy that weekend. Well, because he's really busy. Mm-hmm. But that invitation allows him that kind of thinking, you know, okay, I have to be there. And then uh, now I got the invitation. So even if I only have half an hour that day, I'll come to that uh, party. I'll come to that graduation party. And then young people at the graduation party would see a man in in habit, in color, we see a religious sister in habit. And then they have the encouragement to next time when they see them around, they would come say, hey, I saw you at the party there. And then, you know, that's how communication and relationship is being built. We try our best in both ways. Mm. And then, you know, that opens up for the next opportunity and opens up for another next opportunity. Uh, I have a privilege that also I think is a gift of being the, in these two parishes. But also, I, I, I didn't mention before that I uh, came from um, the parish of Our Lady of Vietnam in Riverdale, and I was there for years before I was ordained priest. And that's another example of a very lively parish who has all, all, all sort of activities, ministries for you to be involved in, especially for young people. And in that parish, the priest is very close, um, very close to the people because the youth ministry program invite the priest in for all of the functions, meetings, you know, the priest is invited in for, say, a weekend retreat, uh, a camping, an outing. Now, not, you know, the priest doesn't have time to go to all of those functions, but the invitation is always extended. And uh, every now and then, I, I remember my friends, when they get married, they always invite priests and uh, sisters that they know. They come to be present among young people. You know? So those are some of the concrete examples of how, what we can do to, to build, to foster that close relationship or provide that kind of exposure to our young people, the real people of the religious, the real person of the religious and of the priest. Excellent. Very, very good. All right. Again, I'm going to give out the number 678-688-4549 if you would like to call in and make a pledge of any amount, whatever you can give. We need your help. We need to keep Catholic Radio strong in Atlanta. What a blessing you have here in Atlanta. You have a 50,000 watt AM station. There are only about seven 
AM Catholic radio stations that are that strong. 50,000 watts is the biggest AM station that you can get, and you are fortunate enough to have one right here in Atlanta. Let's keep that strong. Let's keep it on the air. Call in 678-688-4549 and make your pledge in order to to let the Holy Spirit work through these airwaves. Give us a call, 678-688-4549. We are talking with Father Tree. He is the vocation director here for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. You know, Father, I was reading a little bit before to prepare for our time here on the air, and I read that, that you are working, I know you're working with the potential seminarians in the vocation office, but as part of that, you're also traveling throughout the archdiocese so that you can better know the parishes and the needs mm-hmm. of the parishes and how the seminarians can serve. I think that's such a wonderful idea to really get to know the parishes and be able to relate to the seminarians how they can yes. serve best. So what are some of the things that, that you're discovering in your travels? That our archdiocese is very alive, mm. very vibrant, very diverse. It, it's just wonderful to, to be in the midst of all of that. Yes. We have about, um, if I got the number right, 103 parishes and missions. Now, every time that we have a big celebration that gather all of our parishes, like the annual Eucharistic Congress, you notice how many languages are spoken during the liturgy, you know, or how many uh, cultural expressions uh, are being presented during the, the the two days event there that, that so I see that you know, I see that when I visit the different parishes I see that there is there are different cultural expressions in the way that people celebrate their faith there there is that that kind of desire to be really involved in the church through the parish life I see that it could be very different you know if you for example if you go to saying Bridget on any given Sunday at all. And you see, you know, the masses are going on. And then you, you go to the next parish, St. Patrick, for example, or my local, my, my, my home parish, Our Lady of Vietnam. It's also the mass. But also the music is different. The way that young people are involved in those masses are different. But all share the same faithfulness. That, that, that desire to be to be involved in the parish life and their expressions in their own ways, in their own culture, in their faith, and through the parish life. See, that's what I really see in our parish right now. You know, we hear that church closed down this and that up north. I think people up north move down here. We have a different kind of uh, struggle down here uh, that we uh, don't have enough space in the churches. Yeah. On uh, any given Sunday at all, if you get a chance to travel around the metro Atlanta, there are five, six masses in those big churches, you know, and then people are standing around because there's not enough space for you to, to, to sit in, in the church pews. But those are the, this is a reality in a church, and, and it, you know, it gives you a lot of encouragement and gives you a lot of joy to see that faith and to be part of that faith. So that's a core experience that I have as I travel around the archdiocese. Wow, that's that's such a, a sacrifice on your part to really travel and make that happen. And I know that you're extremely busy because, you know, we're doing a pre-recording of you at 7 o'clock in the morning, and you're willing to get on the air with us. So that, that shows, too, not only your commitment to your priesthood, to your vocation, to spiritually enriching others, but also a commitment to Catholic Radio. Can Can you speak a little bit about the importance of Catholic Radio and how we can allow the truths, the traditions of the Catholic faith to go out to a potential 3.1 million listeners at any given moment through this 50,000-watt station. Can we talk about that a little bit and and the importance of evangelizing through Catholic Radio? I'll give you a minute to think about that, and then I'm going to give out the number 678-688-4549. We each have a responsibility too to to call in and make a pledge and help Catholic Radio to stay on the air. If we're listening, then we're benefiting somehow. So can you give back to Catholic Radio by giving them some of your treasure to Catholic Radio? Again, the number to call is six seven eight six eight eight four five. 
1-800-273-8449. We are talking with Father Tree. He is the vocation director for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. What an awesome, fulfilling job that must be, and also a very challenging job. And so thank you, Father, for for taking on that challenge and, and leading us. Some words about Catholic Radio, though. Yes. You know, radio is a, a means of communication that is very effective to reach a lot of people at the same time. You know, we, we take upon Jesus' as example. Uh, I, when I was younger, I remember I was always struck every time I listened to the gospel. And uh, in the gospel, there are a couple of details in the way that Jesus uh, went about his daily life. For example, every time he preaches in front of the crowd, he would be get on a boat, you know, and sailed it out a little bit. One time I asked a brother, you know, a religious brother, why did he have to do that? He said, well, simply so that he can reach more people. If he, so, if he were so close to the people in the crowd, then only some certain people around him can hear him. But if he just sailed it far a little bit, there's some distance between him and the rest of the crowd, and then more people can see him and could hear him. Or he would get on the mountains. You know, so I, I'll say the way that I look at that is that God gives us intelligence, achievements as far as humans, uh, technological achievements, and radio is one of those things that God granted us as a gift. Why don't we use it to reach more people? Also, you know, when we when we have radio, you get to hear the real people, the real stories, the real faith story, and the real day to day experiences of the faith life, the Catholic life. And that's just, it's precious. You know, how can you get to know that? And on a personal level here, well, you have the real people talking about their daily life. And not only just one, two people around that speaker, but here you can be driving on a road and you listen to that radio and you hear those stories as you know the person, as you live with that person. And, you know, or you may get involved in something, you can see what well, turn on the radio. So for me, radio or any kind of communication that we have in the world today, take advantage of them for the good and the glory of God. Any way that we can do, take advantage of them. Excellent. Excellent. So the number to call again, if you would like to to take advantage of this moment and give us a call to help support Catholic Radio, the number to call is 678-688. Four five four nine. If you'd like to call in and say, Father Tree, we hear you and we are grateful for your priesthood, give us a call. We'll make sure that Father gets that message from you. 678-688-4549. All right, so you talked to Father a little bit about how all of us are, are so busy. So, and I, I agree wholeheartedly, absolutely, I Think about that every day of my life. How can I be less busy? So how can we take some of the the busyness and carve out some time where we can really listen to the voice of God? You know, early in our, our interview, you talked about how we have to pray for the desire to follow God in this life. So, so how do we carve out the time to make that happen, Father? Yes, it all starts from that that, that from the foundational belief that all lives, all lives at all, you're a mother, you're a father, you're a doctor, you are a, you know, a, a worker on the farm, you're a teacher, you're a student, you're a child, all call, God gives us opportunity to be holy. So with that foundation, then, then we can stay put in where we are. What I mean by that is that we don't have to uh, think that, oh, my life is so busy now. I have to be a monk so that I can pray. They pray, you know, five, six times a day. No, we don't have to do that. Uh, we, we look into the daily life and see that I have 24 hours, maybe six to eight hours for sleep or rest. And we look at the other responsibilities that we have to do in our life, we will find out that we can always put in there at least five, ten minutes. If not in the morning, then in the evening, depends on if you're a morning person or an evening night person. Or you can find that time during during lunch break 
for example. Or you can find that, you know, there are some certain spiritualities uh, or spiritual traditions in our church that helps us to build that kind of routines in our daily life. I mentioned the example of the monastic life. They pray the liturgy of the hours, the office, five, six times a day. The first time that they wake up is maybe 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. The last time that they pray in their daily life is about 7, 8, or 9 o'clock. Now, a common person who are so busy in their life, if you know that once my, say, if you are a parent of young children, you know that when you wake up, you have to have breakfast to prepare for your children and send them off to school. And say if you can wake up a little bit early to spend the first five, ten minutes with the Lord, for example. Or say if I can put my kids to bed already, and then I will spend that last five, ten minutes with the Lord. Okay, and then do that. Or if you're a busy person, you cannot find that five, ten minutes in the morning or five, ten minutes in the evening. But every now and then throughout the day, morning you can spend five minutes, lunch break, before you eat lunch or after you eat lunch, find that that, that, that area, that corner somewhere in, in the restaurant or in your workplace, or walk on the park, spend that five, ten minutes. If you, if you cannot find that half hour in the morning or in the evening, you can find the sixth period of five minutes throughout the day to pray. You know, what, my, what I mean is to find a way to schedule in, in your daily life, in your daily experience, how to pray, how to lift our heart to God. You know, my, uh, my patron saint is St. John Bosco. You can see that on my middle name. Mm-hmm. And St. John Bosco uh, has a great love a doctor of the church, St. Francis de Sales. His spirituality is all about that. You know, one of his famous sayings is that you don't have to be someone who you are not. Be who you are and be the best of it. Mm. What he meant is that God gives you this vocation, so he gives you the opportunity to be holy in there. And then he would teach something like throughout the day, lift your heart to God. That kind of heart-to-heart prayer like you speak to a friend, natural. You know, said, God, I love you. Help me to follow your will. Or, God, I'm facing this challenge, this difficulties in the decision in my job right now. Help me to see your will and help me to love. Or, God, I'm dealing with this child of mine and he, she is kind of, you know, hard headed. Give me that patience and give me that love. Give me that courage. And you pray with the real life uh, situations and conditions that you are in. That's how we bring our prayer life into our work, into our life. That's how we bring our daily experience and our work into prayer. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, so we only have, Annie, maybe 10 minutes left, about 10 minutes left in this interview. I want to expand a little bit on what you said earlier. You said that, that part of, of being able to recognize our vocation is to be involved in sacramental life. And... You talked about how also just now, how your your patron saint is John Bosco. So I'm bringing the two of those together, and I'm thinking of the dream of St. John Bosco, where we have uh, the you know two pillars. Dream, <laughs> you what? Say that again? You know about that dream. I do, I do. I love the dream, and, and I think it's even more relevant right here and right now because of the things that that we're facing in our church, some of the scandals, some of the difficulties. And, you know, in the dream, and you can tell this better than I can, I am sure, but in the dream we have two pillars, and one is of the Eucharist, and one is of the Blessed Mother, and the Pope is at the helm of a ship, and he's anchoring to these two, and I think that's what we need to do, too. So can we talk about a little bit about the sacramental life and anchoring ourselves into the sacramental life, especially with the Eucharist and the Blessed Mother? Yes. The sacramental life is what we need our spiritual strength. It is because through our sacramental life, we are able to receive what we as humans cannot achieve. You know, nowadays in the modern time, we always think that I can do this. I can reach the truth. I can fight for this. I can have my self-discipline. I can fight off the, the, the devils and the evils in this life. But 
left alone to human nature. We just cannot do that by ourselves. And, uh, you know, history has, has proved that. Any time that we try to, to, to do all of the things, man, with good intentions, huh? we experience that, we come up short. And that's why we need the grace of God. We need the grace of God constantly. We need the grace of God to go deep into our, our life, you know. And that's the sacrament, especially the Eucharist. In this Eucharist, we see that Christ himself is being present in our daily life, in the flesh and blood, in the daily human experiences. But through that flesh and blood human experiences, God's grace is being poured out. So imagine you start out daily with a Mass. Imagine that, well, if you don't have the opportunity to do that, then regularly you receive communion. And you go out in there into the world, making important decisions. Get involved in the different social human interactions. Guide people. But then, not only in your human efforts, you try to do a good job in those responsibilities. You are being graced, gifted, guided by the Spirit of Jesus, because Jesus is in you. Then you know that you are on the path. You are on the right path. When we receive Christ, we also receive His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We also know, too, that there is a spiritual warfare going on. We are, yes, being attacked by the bad or the evil things in this world. But behind all of that, whether you want to accept it or not, the devil it is really you know, a spiritual warfare. The devil is trying to get us. And one of the ways, uh, one of the very effective ways that the devil can attack us is to make us think that, oh, the devil or the spiritual warfare is just imagination or it's just another expression that we use in literature, in the old tradition or churches. No, they are real. They are real. They are attacking us for real. And the more that we are aware of that, the better off we are. But being aware of that so that we can get ourselves into the sacramental life, in the, the spiritual realm that is provided for us through the sacrament of the Eucharist and, the, and other sacraments, so that everything that we do, every word that we speak, every interaction that we are involved to, is being graced, being gifted, being put in the presence of God. That's how we move forward safely in this world. You also notice in the dream, too, there's a pillar of the Blessed Mother. She's the best Christian. Huh? She's the first and the best example of Christian because she always has the presence of Christ in her life, at the center of her life. But this life here is not like a religious life that, you know, or a monastic life. No. Her life is the life like yours and mine. That she would wake up preparing breakfast, she would you no know, work, she would clean the house, she would chase after the young Jesus who was running all over the place. You know, Jesus got lost in the temple there. Mm -hmm. By her following Jesus in her daily life as the best example of all of us to follow. So here you see that this is someone who knows how to live in the presence of God in the daily life. And that's why if we know those the, 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 the truth in that sense, I need God, I need the grace of God in this daily life. And having the grace of God keeps me grounded in my daily life, daily experience, daily vocation. Then I can be safe. I can flourish in my spiritual life and in this life. It is very important for us, uh, for our spiritual life. Excellent. All right. So, again, the number to call, 678 688-4549. We're talking with Father Tree. He's the vocation director for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. And he has taken his time to be here with us today. If you would like to support Catholic Radio as well through your treasure, then give us a call at 678-688-4549. It takes all of us working together. It takes all of us who are making the pledge drive possible by talking on the, the microphone by being interviewed like Father Tree is doing right now. But it also takes all of our listeners in their homes who get to hear this wonderful interview to call in and make a pledge. It takes everybody together to keep 
the quest on the air. We need your help. So can you be the next person to call in? Can you be the next founder who gets the beautiful plaque for your home, who gets the your name on the plaque at the side of the tower? They will give you all of the details on how you can become a founding member of the quest. But all you need to do is pick up the phone, 678 688 Four five four nine. You can evangelize a potential 3.1 million listeners at any given moment simply by picking up the phone and giving us a call right now. How easy is that? It has never been easier to evangelize as it is right now with the new radio station here in Atlanta, the Quest Catholic Radio. Give us a call, 678 688 Four five four nine. We have been talking with Father Tree. He has been so gracious to give of his time for us today. Lots of wisdom to share with us. Lots of great things that he's doing in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. So, Father, I want to give you just a couple of minutes for for any last things that you'd like to share with us, and then if you will give your blessing to all of us here in the studio and let it go out to all of the potential three point million listeners through the airwaves. Yes, uh, I guess my final message is to renew our trust and our love of the Lord. Mm. That's the beginning and the final end of everything. Nowadays, we are so, uh, like we said before, so busy with our lives and so busy with our own personal efforts to try to reach this goal and reach that goal. We tend to forget that there is that, that person of, of Jesus who's here, has been here with us loves us so much, who wants to be part of our life, who wants to lead us into everlasting life, that beginning from now. So renew that trust, renew that love. If you don't have time to pray like 10 minutes every day, every now and then stop, raise up your heart, speak to that person, Jesus, who is always present in your life. From that love and that personal encounter with Jesus, you will see how life is different. I remember this quote that Pope uh, Francis uh, used in his uh, teaching of the joy of the gospel. And this saying is actually from Pope Benedict. He said that the core of Christianity is that personal encounter with a, a real person, Jesus. Mm-hmm. The personal encounter that is so profound that can influence or can set the way, that, uh, the way that you live, the way that you look at the world, the way that you interact with other people and make decisions in your life. It's so profound that it can affect all of those ways. And we also know that He is the Son of God. He is here with us. And his message is always that liberation, that peace, that freedom. So renew that relationship with him. Our life will be moved forward. We will find a true, deep meaning in our life. So I wish and I pray that all of us find that personal encounter with Jesus daily in our life so that we can begin to be or we can continue to be that witnesses of personal love of Jesus in our daily life. Beautiful. Now, do I do a blessing now? That would be awesome. I'm going to kneel down to receive that blessing. And um, yes, thank you, Father. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 May God thank bless you, so you and guide you every step of your way and of your life. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Father. I know that, that it was difficult for us to find a time to talk, and, and yet you made the time. You got up early, and I know you have a long day in front of you, and I am grateful. So thank you from, no. from me and from everyone here at The Quest and from all of our listeners. No, thank you for giving me this opportunity uh, to get to know you and to get to speak to you and to all the listeners and the potential listeners of the station. Thank God bless you. in all you do. All right.